0: Act One of Life is a Dream by Pedro Calderon de la Barca. Translated by Edward Fitzgerald, eighteen oh nine to eighteen eighty three. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org.
1: Basilio, King of Poland. Read by Algie Pug.
2: Sigismund, son of King Basilio, read by Shakewell.
3: Astolfo, his nephew, read by Matthew Rees
4: Estrella, Basilio's niece, read by Christine.
5: Clotaldo, a general in Basilio's service, read by Alan Mapstone.
6: Rosaura, a Muscovite lady, read by Abaii
5: fife
7: her attendant read by son of the
5: exiles the chamberlain read by andrew james
0: lord-in-waiting read by todd
6: captain read by amb Thirteen.
0: soldier one read by todd
6: soldier two read by sonya
0: stage directions read by adrian stevens act one scene one a pass of rocks over which a storm is rolling away and the sun setting in the foreground halfway down a fortress enter first from the topmost rock rosora as from horseback in man's attire and after her fife
6: there four-footed fury blast engendered brute without the wit of brute or mouth to match the bit of man-art satisfied at last who when thunder rolled aloof toward the spheres of fire your ears pricking and the granite kicking into lightning with your hoof among the tempest shattered crags shattering your luckless rider back into the tempest past there then lie to starve and die, or find another phaeton mad-mettled as yourself. For I wearied, worried, and foredone alone will down the mountain try that knits his brows against the sun.
0: Fife, as to his mule, there
7: thou misbegotten thing, long the lightning, tail tornado, griffin hoof in hurricane i might swear till i were almost hoarse with roaring assonante who forsooth because our betters would begin to kick and fling you forthwith your noble mind must prove and kick me off behind toward the very centre whither gravity was most inclined there where you have made your bed in it lie for wet or dry let what will for me betide you burning blowing freezing hailing famine waste you devil ride you tempest best you black and blue
0: to rosora
7: there i think in downright railing i can hold my own with you
6: ah my good fife whose merry loyal pipe come weal come woe is never out of tune what you in the same plight too
7: ah and madam sir hereby desire when you your own adventures sing another time in lofty rhyme you don't forget the trusty squire who went with you don Quixote.
6: well my good fellow to leave pegasus who scarce can serve us than our horses worse they say no one should rob another of the single satisfaction he has left of singing his own sorrows one so great so says some great philosopher that trouble were worth encountering only for the sake of weeping over what perhaps you know some poet calls the luxury of woe
7: had i the poet old philosopher in the place of her that kicked me off to ride i test his theory upon his hide but no bones broken madam sir i mean
6: a scratch here that a handkerchief will heal and you
7: a scratch in quiddity or kind but not in quo my wounds are all behind but as you say to stop this strain which somehow Once one's in the van, comes clattering after, there again. What are we twain? Just take it, we two. I mean to do, drenched through and through. Oh, I shall choke of rhymes which I believe are all that we shall have to live on here.
6: What? Is our victual gone too?
7: Ah, that brute has carried all we had away with her clothing and kate and all
6: and now the sun our only friend and guide about to sink under the stage of earth
7: and enter night with capi espado and pray heaven with butter lantern also
6: ah i doubt to-night if any with a dark one or almost burnt out after a month's consumption well well or ill on horseback or afoot this is the gate that lets me into poland and sorry welcome as she gives a guest who writes his own arrival on her rocks in his own blood yet better on her stony threshold die than live on unrevenged in muscovy
7: oh what a soul some women have i mean some men
6: oh fife fife as you love me fife Make yourself perfect in that little part, or all will go to ruin.
7: Oh, I will. Please God we find someone to try it on, but truly would not anyone believe some fairy had exchanged us as we lay, two tiny foster children in one cradle
6: well be that as it may fife it reminds me of what perhaps i should have thought before but better late than never you know i love you as you i know love me and loyally have followed me thus far in my wild venture well now then having seen me safe thus far safe if not wholly sound over the rocks into the country where my business lies why should not you return the way we came the storm all cleared away and leaving me who now shall want you though not thank you less now that our horse is gone this side the ridge find your way back to dear old home again while i come come what weeping my poor fellow
7: leave ye here alone my lady lord I mean, my lord, in a strange country, among savages? Oh, no, I know you would be rid of me, for fear my stumbling speech.
6: Oh, no, no, no. I want you with me for a thousand sakes, to which that is as nothing. I myself more apt to let the secret out myself, without your help at all. Come, come, cheer up and if you sing again come weal come woe let it be that for we will never part until you give the signal
7: tis a bargain
6: now to begin then follow follow me you fairy elves that be
7: I and go on something of following darkness like a dream for that we are after
6: no after the sun trying to catch hold of his glittering skirts that hang upon the mountains as he goes
7: ay he's himself past catching as you spoke he heard what you were saying and just so like some scared water-bird as we say in my country dove below
6: well we must follow him as best we may Poland is no great country, and as rich in man and means, will but few acres spare to lie beneath her barrier mountains bare. We cannot, I believe, be very far from mankind or their dwellings.
7: Sioned it so, and well provided for man, woman, and beast? No, not for beast? Ah, but my heart begins to yearn for her
6: keep close and keep your feet from serving you as hers did
7: as for beasts in default of other entertainment we should provide them with ourselves to eat bears lions wolves
6: oh never fear
7: or else default of other beasts beastlier men cannibals anthropophagi. Bear poles, who never knew a tailor, but by taste.
6: Look, look, unless my fancy misconceive with twilight down among the rocks there, fife, some human dwelling, surely, or think you but a rock torn from the rocks in some convulsion like to-day's and perched quaintly among them in mock masonry?
7: most likely that i doubt
6: no no for look a square of darkness opening in it
7: oh i don't have like such openings
6: like the loom of night from which she spins her outer gloom
7: lord madam pray forbear this tragic vein in such a time and place
6: and now again within that square of darkness look a light that feels its way with hesitating pulse as we do through the darkness that it drives to blacken into deeper night beyond
7: in which could we follow that light's example as might some english Badolph with his nose we might defy this sunset hark a
6: chain and now a lamp, a lamp, and now the hand that carries it.
7: O oh, Lord, that dreadful
6: chain! And now the bearer of the lamp, indeed, as strange as any in Arabian tale, so giant-like and terrible and grand, spite of the skin he's wrapped in.
7: Why, tis his own, or oh, tis some wild man of the woods, I've heard they build and carry torches.
6: Never ape bore such a brow before the heavens as that, chained as you say, too.
7: Oh, that dreadful
6: chin. And now he sets the lamp down by his side, and with one hand clenched in his tangled hair, and with a sigh as if his heart would break.
0: During this, Sigismund has entered from the fortress with a torch.
2: Once more the storm has roared itself away, splitting the crags of God as it retires, but sparing still what it should only blast this guilty piece of human handiwork and all that are within it. Oh, how oft, how oft within or here abroad have I waited and in the whisper of my heart prayed for the slanting hand of heaven to strike the blow myself i dare not out of fear of that hereafter worse they say than here plunged headlong in but till dismissal waited to wipe at last all sorrows from men's eyes and make this heavy dispensation clear thus have i borne till now and still endure crouching in sullen impotence day by day till some such outburst of the elements like this rouses the sleeping fire within and standing thus upon the threshold of another night about to close the door upon one wretched day to open it on one yet wretcheder because one more once more you savage heavens i ask of you i looking up to those relentless eyes that now the greater lamp is gone below begin to muster in the listening skies in all the shining circuits you have gone About this theatre of human woe, What greater sorrow have you gazed upon Than down this narrow chink you witness still, And which did you yourselves not for devise, You registered for others to fulfil?
7: This is some laureate at a birthday ode. No wonder we went rhyming.
6: Hush! And now see starting to his feet he strides about far as his thithered steps
2: and if the chain you helped to rivet round me did contract since guiltless infancy from guilt in act of what in aspiration or in thought guilty but in resentment of the wrong that wrecks revenge on wrong i never wrought by excommunication from the free inheritance that all created life besides myself is borne too from the wings that range your own immeasurable blue down to the poor mute scale imprisoned things that yet are free to wander glide and pass about that under sapphire whereinto yourselves transfusing you yourselves
7: in glass
6: what mystery is this why the man's
7: mad that's all the mystery that's why he's chained and why nor nature's guiltless life
2: alone but that which lives on blood and rapine nay chartered with larger liberty to slay their guiltless kine the tyrants of the air soar zenith upward with their screaming prey making pure heaven drop blood upon the stage of under earth were lion, wolf, and bear, and they that on their treacherous velvet wear figure and constellation like your own, with their still living slaughter bound away over the barriers of the mountain cage, against which one, blood-guiltless and endued with aspiration and with aptitude transcending other creatures, day by day beats himself mad with unavailing rage.
7: Why, that must be the meaning! Of my mule's rebellion,
2: Hush, but then if murder be the law by which not only conscience-blind creatures but man too prospers with his kind who leaving all his guilty fellows free under your fatal auspice and divine compulsion leagued in some mysterious ban against one innocent and helpless man abuse their liberty to murder mine and sworn to silence, like their masters mute in heaven, and like them twirling through the mask of darkness, answering to all I ask, point up to them whose work they execute.
6: Even as I thought some poor unhappy wretch, by man wronged, wretched, unrevenged, as I, nay, so much worse than I, as by those chains clipped of the means of self-revenge on those who lay on him what they deserve, and I... Who taunted heaven a little while ago with pouring all its wrath upon my head alas like him who caught a cast-off husk of what another bragged of feeding on hears one that from the refuse of my sorrows could gather all the banquet he desires poor soul poor soul
7: speak lower he will hear you
6: and if he should what then Why, if he would, he could not harm me. Nay, and if he could, methinks I'd venture something of a life I care so little for.
2: Who's that? Clotaldo? Who are you, I say, that, venturing in these forbidden rocks, have lighted on my miserable life and your own death?
6: You would not hurt me, surely?
2: Not I, but those that, iron as the chain in which they slay me with a lingering death, will slay you with a sudden. Who are you?
6: A stranger from across the mountain there, who, having lost his way in this strange land, and coming night, drew hither to what seemed a human dwelling hidden in these rocks, and where the voice of human sorrow soon told him it was so.
2: I? But nearer, nearer, that by this smoky supplement of day, but for a moment I may see who speaks so pitifully sweet. Take
6: care, take care. Alas, poor man, that I, myself so helpless, could better help you than by barren pity, and my poor presence.
2: Oh, might that be all! But that, a few poor moments, and alas, the very bliss of having, and a dread of losing, under such a penalty as ever moments having runs more near, stifles the very utterance and resource they cry for quickest, till from sheer despair of holding thee, methinks myself would tear to pieces.
7: There! his words enough for it
2: oh think if you who move about at will and live in sweet communion with your kind after an hour lost in these lonely rocks hunger and thirst after some human voice to drink and human face to feed upon what must one do where all is mute or harsh and e'en the naked face of cruelty were better than the mask it works beneath across the mountain then across the mountain what if the next world which they tell one of be only next across the mountain then though i must never see it till i die and you one of its angels
6: alas alas no angel and the face you think so fair tis but the dismal framework of these rocks that makes it seem so and the world i come from alas alas too many faces there are but fair visors to black hearts below Or only serve to bring the wearer woe. But to yourself, if haply the redress That I am here upon may help to yours, I heard you tax the heavens with ordering And men for executing, what, alas, I now behold! But why, and who they are, who do, and you who suffer?
0: Sigismund, pointing upwards.
2: Ask of them, whom, as to-night, i have so often asked and asked in vain
6: but surely surely
2: hark the trumpet of the watch to shut us in oh should they find you quick behind the rocks to-morrow
0: if to-morrow rosora flinging her sword toward him take my sword rosora and fife hide in the rocks enter clotaldo
5: these stormy days you like to see the last of are but ill opiates sigismund i think for night to follow and to-night you seem more than your wont disordered what a sword within there
0: enter soldiers with black visors and torches
7: here is a pleasant masquerade
5: Whosoever watch this was will have to pay head reckoning. Meanwhile, this weapon had a wearer. Bring him here dead or alive. Clotaldo, good Clotaldo.
0: Clotaldo to soldiers who enclose Sigismund, others searching the rocks.
5: You know your duty.
0: Soldiers bringing in Rosora and Fife.
5: Here are two of them.
4: Whoever more to follow
5: who are you that in defiance of known proclamation are found at nightfall too about this place or my lord she i mean
7: he
6: silence fife and let me speak for both two foreign men to whom your country and its proclamations are equally unknown and had we known ourselves not masters of our lawless beasts that terrified by the storm among your rocks flung us upon them to our cost
5: my mule foreigners of what country muscovy and whither bound
6: hither if this be poland but with no ill design on her and therefore taking it ill that we should thus be stopped upon her threshold so uncivilly
5: whither in poland
6: to the capital
5: and on what errand
6: set me on the road and you shall be nearer to my answer
0: clotaldo aside so
5: resolute and ready to reply and yet so young and aloud well your business was not surely with the man we found you with
6: he was the first we saw And strangers and benighted as we were, as you too would have done in a like case, accosted him at once.
5: Aye, but this sword...
6: I flung it towards him.
5: Well, and why?
6: And why? But to revenge himself on those who thus injuriously misuse him.
5: So, so, so. Tis well such resolution wants a beard, and, I suppose, is never to attain one well i must take you both you and your sword prisoners
0: fife offering a cut gel.
5: pray take
7: mine and welcome sir i'm sure i gave it to that mule of mine to mighty little purpose
6: mine you have and may it win us some more kindliness than we have met with yet
0: clotaldo examining the sword more
5: mystery how came you by this weapon
6: from my father
5: and do you know whence he
6: oh very well from one of this same polish realm of yours who promised a return should come the chance of courtesies that he received himself in muscovy and left this pledge of it not likely yet it seems to be redeemed
0: clotaldo aside
5: oh wondrous chance or wondrous providence the sword that i myself in moscovy when these white hairs were black for keepsake left of obligation for a like return to him who saved me wounded as i lay fighting against his country took me home tended me like a brother till recovered perchance to fight against him once again and now my sword put back into my hand by his if not his son still as so seeming by me as first to of gratitude to seem believing till the wearer's self see fit to drop the ill-dissembling mask Aloud, well a strange turn of fortune has arrested the sharp and sudden penalty that else had visited your rashness or mischance. In part your tender youth too, pardon me and touch not where your sword is not to answer, commend you to my care. Not your life only, else by this misadventure forfeited. But even your errand, which, by happy chance, chimes with the very business I am on, and calls me to the very point you aim at
6: the capital
5: i the capital and even that capital of capitals the court where you may plead and i may promise when pardon for this you say unwilling trespass and prosecute what else you have at heart with me to help you forward all i can PROVIDED ALL IN LOYALTY TO THOSE TO WHOM BY NATURAL ALLEGIANCE I FIRST AM BOUND TO.
6: AS YOU MAKE, I TAKE YOUR OFFER, WITH LIKE PROMISE ON MY SIDE OF LOYALTY TO YOU AND THOSE YOU SERVE, UNDER LIKE RESERVATION FOR REGARDS NEARER AND DEARER STILL.
5: ENOUGH, ENOUGH. YOUR HAND, A BARGAIN ON BOTH SIDES. MEANWHILE, HERE SHALL YOU REST TONIGHT. The break of day shall see us both together on the way.
6: Thus, then, what I for misadventure blamed directly draws me where my wish is aimed.
0: Excellent. Scene two, the palace at Warsaw. Enter on one side Astolfo, Duke of Muscovy, with his train, and on the other the Princess Estrella with hers.
3: My royal cousin, if so near in blood, till this auspicious meeting scarcely known, till all that beauty promised in the bud is now to its consummate blossom blown well met at last and may
4: enough my lord of compliment devised for you by some court tailor and believe me still too short to cover the designful heart below
3: nay but indeed fair cousin
4: ay let deed measure your words indeed your flowers of speech ill with your iron equipage atone irony indeed and wordy compliment
3: indeed indeed you wrong me royal cousin as fair as royal misinterpreting what even for the end you think i aim at if false to you were fatal to myself
4: why what else means the glittering steel my lord that bristles in the rear of these fine words What can it mean but failing to cajole, to fight or force me from my just pretension?
3: Nay, might I not ask even the same of you, the nodding helmets of whose men-at-arms outcrest the plumage of your lady court?
4: But to defend what yours would force from me.
3: Might not I, lady, say the same of mine? But not to come to battle, even of words, with a fair lady and my kinswoman, and as a verse to stand before your face defenceless and condemned in your disgrace till the good king be here to clear it all will you vouchsafe to hear me
4: as you will
3: you know that when about to leave this world our royal grandsire king alfonso left three children one a son basilio who wears long may he wear the crown of poland and daughters twain of whom the elder was your mother now some while exalted to a more than mortal throne and rassusinda mine the younger sister who married to the prince of muscovy gave me the light which she may live to see herself for many many years to come meanwhile good king basilio as you know deep in abstruser studies than this world and busier with the stars than ladies eyes has never by a second marriage yet replaced as poland asked of him the heir and early marriage brought and took away, his young queen dying with the son she bore him, and in such alienation grown so old as leaves no other hope of heir to Poland than his two sisters' children, you, fair cousin, and me, for whom the commons of the realm divide themselves into two several factions, whether for you, the elder sister's child, or me, born of the younger, but, they say, my natural prerogative of man outweighing your priority of birth which discord growing loud and dangerous our uncle king basilio doubly sage in prophesying and providing for the future as to deal with it when it come bids us here meet to-day in solemn council our several pretensions to compose and but the martial outburst that proclaims his coming makes all further parley vain unless my bosom by which only wise i prophesy now wrongly prophesies by such a happy compact as i dare but glance at Till the royal sage declare
0: trumpets etc enter king basilio with his counsel the king the king god, god save the, the king! king estrella kneeling
4: oh royal sir
0: astolfo kneeling
3: god save your majesty
1: rise both of you rise to my arms astolfo and estrella as my two sisters' children, always mine, now more than ever, since myself and Poland, solely to you, for our succession looked. And now, give ear, you and your several factions, and you, the peers and princes of this realm, while I reveal the purport of this meeting in words whose necessary length, I trust no unsuccessful issue shall excuse. You and the world who have surnamed me Sage, know that I owe that title, if my due, to my long meditation on the book, which ever lie open overhead, the book of heaven, I mean, so few have read, whose golden letters on whose sapphire leaf, distinguishing the page of day and night, and all the revolution of the year, so with a turning volume, where they lie, still changing their prophetic syllables, they register the destinies of men. Until, with eyes that, dim with years indeed, are quicker to pursue the stars than rule them, I get the start of time, and from his hand the wand of tardy revelation draw. Oh, had the selfsame heaven upon his page inscribe my death ere I should read my life and By forecasting of my own mischance play not the victim, but the suicide in my own tragedy But you shall hear You know how once as kings must for their people and only once as wise men for themselves I wooed and wedded know too that my Queen in childing died but not as you believe with her the son she died in giving life too for as the hour of birth was on the stroke her brain conceiving with her womb she dreamed a serpent tore her entrail and too surely for evil omen seldom speaks in vain the man-child breaking from that living tomb that makes our birth the antitype of death man grateful for the life she gave him paid by killing her and with such circumstance as suited such unnatural tragedy he coming into light if light it were that darkened at his very horoscope when heaven's two champions sun and moon i mean suffused in blood upon each other fell in such a raging jewel of Eclipse as hath not terrified the universe Since that which wept in blood the death of Christ When the dead walked the waters turned to blood earth and her cities Tottered and the world seemed shaken to its last paralysis In such a paroxysm of dissolution that son of mine was born by that first act heading the monstrous catalogue of crime i found for in his horoscope as great a monster in man's history as was in nature his nativity so savage bloody terrible and impious who should he live would tear his country's entrails as by his birth his mother's with which crime beginning he should clench the dreadful tale, by trampling on his father's silver head. All which for reading and his act of birth, fates warrant that I read his life aright. To save his country from his mother's fate, I gave abroad that he had died with her, his being slew. With midnight secrecy I had him carried to a lonely tower. Hewn from the mountain barriers of the realm, And, under strict anathema of death, Guarded from men's inquisitive approach, Save from the trusty few one needs must trust, Who, while his fastened body they provide With salutary garb and nourishment, Instruct his soul in what no soul may miss of holy faith, And in such other law as may solace his life imprisonment. And tame perhaps the savage prophesied toward such a trial as I aim at now, and now demand your special hearing too what in this fearful business I have done, judge whether lightly or maliciously, I with my own and only flesh and blood and proper lineal inheritor, I swear that his foretold atrocities touched me alone. I HAD NOT SAVED MYSELF AT SUCH A COST TO HIM, BUT AS A KING, A CHRISTIAN KING, I SAY, ADVISEDLY, WHO WOULD DEVOTE HIS PEOPLE TO A TYRANT WORSE THAN CALIGULA FOR CHRONICLED, BUT EVEN THIS, NOT WITHOUT GRAVE MISGIVING, LEST, BY SOME CHANCE, MISREADING OF THE STARS, OR MISDIRECTION OF WHAT, RIGHTLY READ i wrong my son of his prerogative and poland of her rightful sovereign for sure and certain prophets as the stars although they err not he who reads them may or rightly reading seeing there is one who governs them as under him they us we are not sure if the rough diagram they draw in heaven and we interpret here BE SURE OF OPERATION, IF THE WILL SUPREME, THAT SOMETIMES, FOR SOME SPECIAL END, THE COURSE OF PROVIDENTIAL NATURE BREAKS BY MIRACLE, MAY NOT, OF THESE SAME STARS, CANCEL HIS OWN FIRST DRAFT, OR OVERRULE WHAT ELSE FORWRITTEN ALL ELSE OVERRULES, AS, FOR EXAMPLE, SHOULD THE WILL ALMIGHTY permit the free will of particular man to break the meshes of else strangling fate, which free will, fearful of foretold abuse, I have myself from my own son foreclosed from ever possible self-extrication. A terrible responsibility, not to the conscience to be reconciled unless opposing almost certain evil against so slight contingency of good well thus perplexed i have resolved at last to bring the thing to trial whereunto here have i summoned you my peers and you whom i more dearly look to failing him as witnesses to that which i propose and thus propose the doing it Clotaldo who guards my son with old fidelity, shall bring him hither from his tower by night, locked in a sleep so fast as by my art I rivet to within a link of death. But yet from death so far that next day's dawn shall wake him up upon the royal bed, complete in consciousness and faculty, when, with all princely pomp and retinue, my loyal peers, with due obeisance, shall hail him sigismund the prince of poland then if with any show of human kindness he fling discredit not upon the stars but upon me their misinterpreter with all apology mistaken age can make to youth it never meant to harm to my son's forehead will i shift the crown i long have wished upon a younger brow and in religious humiliation for what of worn-out age remains to me, entreat my pardon both of heaven and him for tempting destinies beyond my reach. but if- if I misdoubt at his first step, the hoof of the predicted savage shows before predicted mischief can be done, the self-same sleep that loosed him from the chain shall reconcile him not to loose again. Then shall I, having lost that heir direct, look solely to my sisters' children twain, each of a claim so equal as divides the voice of Poland to their several sides, but as I trust, to be entwined ere long into one single wreath so fair and strong as shall at once all difference atone, and cease the realm's division with their own cousins and princes peers and councillors such is the purport of this invitation and such is my design whose furtherance if not as sovereign if not as seer yet one whom these white locks if nothing else to patient acquiescence consecrate i now demand and even supplicate
3: such news and from such lips may well suspend the tongue to loyal answer most attuned but if to me as spokesman of my faction your highness looks for answer i reply for one and all let segismund whom now we first hear tell of as your living heir appear and but in your sufficient eye approve himself worthy to be your son then we will hail him poland's rightful heir what says my cousin
4: i with all my heart but if my youth and sex upbraid me not that i should dare ask of so wise a king
1: ask ask fair cousin nothing i am sure not well considered nay if twere yet nothing but pardonable from such lips as those
4: then with your pardon sir if segismund my cousin whom i shall rejoice to hail as prince of poland too as you propose BE TO A TRIAL COMING UPON WHICH MORE, AS I THINK, than LIFE ITSELF DEPENDS, WHY, SIR, WITH SLEEP-DISORDERED SENSES, BROUGHT TO THIS UNCERTAIN CONTEST WITH HIS STARS?
1: WELL ASKED, INDEED, AND WISELY BE IT ANSWERED, BECAUSE IT IS UNCERTAIN, SEE YOU NOT? FOR AS I THINK, I CAN DISCERN BETWEEN THE SUDDEN FLAWS OF A SLEEP-STARTLED MAN, AND OF THE SAVAGE THING WE HAVE TO DREAD if but bewildered, dazzled, and uncouth, as might the sanest and the civilest in circumstance so strange, nay, more than that, if moved to any outbreak short of blood, all shall be well with him, and how much more, if mid the magic turmoil of the change, he shall so calm a resolution show, as scarce to reel beneath so great a blow. But, if with savage passion uncontrolled he lay about him like the brute foretold and must as suddenly be caged again then what redoubled anguish and despair from that brief flash of blissful liberty remitted and forever to his chain which so much less if on the stage of glory entered and exited through such a door of sleep as makes a dream of all between
4: Oh, kindly answer, sir, to question that to charitable courtesy less wise might call for pardon rather. I shall now gladly, what uninstructed, loyally I should have waited.
3: Your Highness doubts not me, nor how my heart follows my cousin's lips. Whatever way the doubtful balance fall, still loyal to your bidding. So So say all.
1: I hoped, and did expect, of all no less and sure no sovereign ever needed more from all who owe him love or loyalty. For what a strait of time I stand upon, when to this issue not alone I bring my son, your prince, but e'en myself your king, and, whichsoever way, for him it turn, of less than little honour to myself, FOR IF THIS COMING TRIAL JUSTIFY MY THUS WITHHOLDING FROM MY SON HIS RIGHT, IS NOT THE JUDGE HIMSELF JUSTIFIED IN THE FATHER'S SHAME? AND IF THE JUDGE PROVED WRONG, MY SON WITHHOLDING FROM HIS RIGHT THUS LONG, SHAME AND REMORSE TO JUDGE AND FATHER BOTH, UNLESS REMORSE AND SHAME TOGETHER DROWNED IN HAVING WHAT I FLUNG FOR WORTHLESS FOUND. BUT COME already weary with your travel, and ill-refreshed by this strange history, until the hours that draw the sun from heaven unite us at the customary board, each to his several chamber, you to rest, I to contrive with old Clitaldo best the method of a stranger thing than old time has a yet among his records told.
0: Excellent. End of Act 1